Fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome into the program. You're darn right it is The Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting wherever you may be watching or listening. We appreciate you very much. Your Millennial General reporting for Duty Lake. We do every single day. I got to admit, I'm a little tired today. After watching that ridiculous, absurd, what so-called State of the Union last night, I really think the real State of the Union was Donald Trump speaking at the Conservative Political Action Conference on Tuesday. That was way more positive. That was way better. It showed things that we had actually done, that had actually been proven to work. It shows things that we could have done, things that we need to be doing, things that you and I as the voters and as the activists and as the people on the grassroots level that we could be doing to actually make things better again. Because right now, it's a complete, absolute disaster. That's not the story we got the last night. And I figured my big question was, of course, they're not going to say, well, everything we're doing is terrible. Of course not. However, how are they going to twist it? Because this is really the way things really should have been outlined yesterday. Well, let me be frank. It's not just Republicans. You like the latest polls of Americans. They don't think America's going in the right direction. They're paying more for gas. There's a tax on every American with the inflation. We want to see a change in course in history. Are we going to sit down and be quiet? No. I don't think Victoria wants to be quiet when she sees people dying night after night. So that was Kevin McCarthy just the day before uh, as the Republicans were preparing for the State of the Union address and wondering what Joe Biden was going to say. And it was very easy to kind of pick out what Joe Biden was going to do or what he needed to do. The general population right now does not like Joe Biden in any way, shape or form. Now, I know that that's hard for him to grasp and hard for him to accept. Stop it. Stop it now. <laughs> I know. I know. We got to play fair here. You got to play nice, right? But Joe Biden is the one of the most unpopular presidents that we've ever seen in America. The vice president is one of the most unpopular individuals that we've ever seen in America as well. So his job last night was to make himself look good. He's not only losing the moderate Republicans that just despised Trump that went for Joe Biden, he's lost them completely. He's lost like 70% of the independents in this nation, and he's losing the base of the Democrat Party because they realize that he's just not capable. I was watching beforehand, before the actual State of the Union started last night, I was watching online, I believe it was like the Washington Post's live stream, that they were running, and they had asked about what voters viewed of of Joe Biden. And from the Washington Post, which is owned by CNN and all the other major conglomerates that are in, in cahoots with one another trying to make themselves look good, they couldn't even polish it up to make it look favorable to Joe Biden because they said near 65% of their people that they polled said that Joe Biden was incapable of actually handling the country and he's not in the right mental state in order to do so. So his goal last night was to really say, I'm here, I can handle the situation, I can take care of these issues, this is the plan that we have laid out, this is the new strategy that we have, and this is what we have to do to move forward. And did he do that? Do you think that he actually did that right? No. 
mean, I may be biased on this personally, but I think he did a horrible job of that. I, a question for you. If your, if your plan fails, do you, A, create a new plan and try something different, or do you, B, recycle the old plan that failed and then try it again a second time? Because that's kind of what happened yesterday. We had the tale of two stories, really, last night. Number one, when he realized that the Trump that the Trump policies were working and that Donald Trump came out and said, save America, make America great again, keep America great. All these nice slogans. What are we seeing now? The build back better plan or to, to rebuild America, redoing this America. America's great. He's using the exact same tactics in some of these same talking points, by the way, when it comes to pharmaceuticals, when it comes to closing the border, when it comes to uh, actually trying to support law enforcement. He's now realized, which has been used at the local level for a really long time, for those that may not understand this, Democrats, when they start to lose, they use Republican talking points. They don't have a platform. Their policy sucks. No one likes their policies. So they steal Republicans' policies, and then they twist it to make it their own. Oh, yeah, we totally support law enforcement. Yeah, yeah. We got to stop the bad ones, but we need to support law enforcement. Wait, what? What are you talking about? Because... I thought you wanted to defund the police, but all of a sudden now we're not going to defund them. We're going to fund them, according to Joe Biden. We'll get to that here in just a little bit. We're going to stop the flow of illegal immigrants and actually try and, you know, crack down on illegal immigration policy. We're going to crack down on the whole criminal thing, especially with guns. That was a funny one as well. 56 minutes, by the way. 56 minutes was the time to where I could tell he started to. Uh, go downhill with the steroids they were starting to wear off the adrenaline the uh, energy drinks whatever he was doing to hype himself up to stay in front of congress for the entire state of the union speech 46 minutes that was the limit because after 46 minutes then he started to deteriorate he didn't even wait for the applause to be done which he was doing bad about that the entire night because for those that don't know if maybe you're new to the political realm here that every president gets judged by, I don't know, whoever, the experts, whoever those experts may or may not be, they get judged based on how many times they're interrupted with applause and standing ovations. And every president has them, and then they go based on length of the speech, they based on the topic, and then based on how many times the, the Congress interrupts them with applause or with standing up. By 46 minutes into the speech, which it only went 102 minutes, or it's Right. An hour and two minutes, whatever, an hour and two minutes. So that'd be 62 minutes, uh, 46 minutes into it. He was trying to power through the thing. He didn't stop for the applause. He kept on talking over top of everybody and he was mushing everything together to where it just didn't make any logical sense in any way, shape or form. Which I found absolutely hilarious. But we had the tale of two stories. We had the let's use Donald Trump's policy to make ourselves look patriotic and who Ron are doing things for America. Then we said, let's use that. And talk about how great the government's going to do to actually fix everything. He didn't spend as much time on Ukraine as I actually thought he would, which really surprised me. It was only like the first nine or ten minutes of the speech, and then he kind of moved on from it. But that should have been the focal point of the vast majority of the speech. And obviously he didn't touch on the failures that he had had done as a president with, you know, actually allowing us to buy oil from Russia while we're putting sanctions on them. That, of course, didn't come up. What he did do, however is talk about what we're going to do to try and limit our exposure of purchasing Ukrainian oil, which made no sense in any way, shape, or form. The United States has worked with 30 other countries to release 60 million barrels of oil from reserves around the world. America will lead that effort. Releasing 30 million barrels of our own strategic petroleum reserve. And we stand ready to do more if necessary 
united with our allies. Okay, so I don't know how many people are aware of this or not. How much oil do you think that we use on a daily basis here in the United States? Just throw a number out there. The United States alone uses 20 million barrels a day, 20 to 25 million barrels a day, depending. And by the way, 40% of that goes to fuel automobiles, <laughs> which is why there's a little schemier process here. So his, you know what? We purchased, we allowed uh, Russia to build their pipelines. We allowed them to drill more oil and we became less energy independent ourselves because we hate energy independence. We hate drilling for oil, fracking for oil for ourselves. We're going to purchase these contracts through Russia to become dependent on them. Oh, look, they're doing really bad things. Maybe we should cut that funding and stop buying Russian oil. Now, of course, that didn't come up in the speech last night, obviously. U.S. Senator Roger Marshall, right uh, here in the state of Kansas, where I'm from, uh, he's been one of those that's making that claim. Maybe we should, like, stop buying the product that they have out on the international market, which would help. It would help. Now, the European Union buys a lot of oil from them as well, and they can't really find an alternative source. But if we at least became energy independent again, then that would solve the issue with the U.S. actually spending money in Ukraine, in Russia while we're saying we're going to put all these sanctions on you. By saying we're going to stop the uh, flyovers in, in U.S. airspace, we're going to stop the ships coming into U.S. ports, we're going to put all these sanctions on their banks, we're going to dip, 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 dip. Whatever all these sanctions are, that's great and fun and hunky-dory, fine. But we're still paying them millions upon millions upon millions of dollars daily for the amount of oil that comes in. So Joe Biden releasing 60 million barrels of oil, which I'm wondering if he didn't have a gaffe there and it was really supposed to be 60 billion barrels of oil. I don't know. Because 60 million barrels of oil globally means absolutely nothing. We use 20 million a single day in the U.S. If you would have released that from U.S. oil reserves, that would relieve our oil supply and lower gas for three days. Three days. 60 million barrels of oil that he sets to release, that would solve it for three days. And he wants to do that globally for us and for the European Union and for everybody else that uses oil. We're going to release the international reserves of 60 million barrels. He said 60 million, right? I'm pretty sure. The United States has worked with 30 other countries to release 60 million barrels of oil from reserves around the world. All right. There you go. 60 million barrels of oil. We use 20 million of that per day. So guess what? That's a nice three-day relief for us. So, hey, guess what, everybody? If you're trying to go and get gas right now and it's like almost $4 a gallon, just wait until he relieves that. It'll go down like, I don't know, 50 cents or 10 cents for a day or two days or three days, and then it'll shoot right back up. So, well done. You've self-fight the inflation, and you have now solved the issue of what's going on in the oil reserves. Lies, man. Just absolute lies. Then, apparently, we just need more stimulus to where he took his first shot at Donald Trump close to like 20 minutes into the speech. That's one of the first things I did as president was fight to pass the American Rescue Plan because people were hurting. We needed to act, and we did. Few pieces of legislation have done more at a critical moment in our history to lift us out of a crisis. It fueled our efforts to vaccinate the nation and combat COVID-19, delivered immediate economic relief to tens of millions of Americans. It helped put food on the table. Remember those long lines of cars waiting for hours just to get a box of food put in their trunk? It cut the cost of health care insurance. And as my dad used to say, it gave the people just a little bit of breathing room. Unlike the $2 trillion tax cut passed in the previous administration, that benefited the top 1% of Americans. The American Rescue Plan 
the American Rescue Plan helped working people and left no one behind. Now, of course, Democrats got all giddy and they had to override the booze that went happened there. But are we comparing apples to oranges here? Donald Trump passed a $2 trillion tax cut plan to where we would actually cut taxes. And it's a complete fabrication and a complete absolute 110% lie that it only helped the top 1%. That's stupid because guess what? Everybody got tax relief. Everybody got to see their taxes get lower. Everybody got to see an opportunity for them to, I don't know, invest more in paying off debts or investing in a business or expanding their business, no matter how size, how big or small it may or may not have been. They had that opportunity. That's a completely different scenario from an American rescue plan that was like, oh, hey, here's a stimulus check because you're laid off of work because of COVID-19 to keep you going. Did anybody else catch this? Why are we comparing apples to oranges here? It was, to me, at least a desperation sign of the fact that he has nothing else to run on. So we don't have a real economic policy except for to raise taxes and try and spend more money, which we'll get to in a little bit here on the show as well. But uh, we don't have another economic plan. So we're going to compare the American Rescue Plan that is a a relief, a temporary COVID-19 relief package to a tax plan that Donald Trump had done that, by the way, allowed us to grow at four, five, six percent GDP growth year over year because Donald Trump knew that the private sector could actually grow and do things on its own without the government. Interesting last night. Carl Rove came on Fox News earlier today and said that the uh, Biden desperation to try and show authority, to try and show that he's actually taking matters into his hands and showing what he's doing was actually a complete flop because that's what he needed to do. And unless you're an extreme left-wing progressive that loved everything that he said, it didn't really go align with a lot of people's opinions. With Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com.
bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Holy cow, we have a lot to talk about today. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. No guests today. We don't do that very often, but no guests today. Just you and I, chitting the chat, sitting across from the bar, staring each other down, and listening to the somewhat relevant content that we have to put out here on the program welcome back into the show hopefully people enjoy the breakdowns that we have uh we've done this for years as uh, the state of the union and other big speeches whatever we we spend some time to really break down the importance of what they're actually saying and what to look forward to because you have to listen in order to know what they're doing democrats have gotten so bold they don't even try to hide their agenda any longer they say blatantly what they're going to do and then you can see exactly what they're going to try to do and people are like ah, it's great we love socialism yeah, it's weird. So when you steal in America, when you steal another plan, which really leads me to believe that they really, really, really are fearful that Donald Trump's going to run for president again, because obviously he's got the, you know, make America great again, keep America great. Now he's got the save America campaign going on right now. It's all about America first, which is what all his campaign was actually about. Democrats have not done that. They have they've tried to in the past ish. But it wasn't about America and how great America was, because right now they have an internal battle of do we really like America or do we want to, as Barack Obama said, fundamentally change America. And if you want to fundamentally change America, that means that you don't like America because you want it to be different. There's an old adage from people that are dating where they say, like, men look at women because they don't want them to change. Women look at guys because they and they find guys attractive because they see the uh, opportunity to evolve and make them grow into what they want them to be. So they don't like them necessarily where they're at now, but they see where they want them to be down the road. Guys are like, hey, I don't want you to ever change right now. Two totally different strategies right now. America, we love America. Do we have our flaws? Yes. Do we want them to evolve and grow and make it better? Absolutely. But to fundamentally change the country, which is what Barack Obama talked about all the way back when, when, oh, by the way, Joe Biden was part of that administration, really says that we despise everything about it and we want to rebuild it from the ground up. And it's not a popular tactic in politics, especially going into a midterm when you know you're getting decimated right now by like seven or eight points in the national polls. And you know that you're one of the most unpopular presidential individuals in the country's history. So what do you do? You steal your opposition's talking points to try and make it your own to make yourself look really, really popular. And with the fear of Donald Trump, if they can swipe his platform out from underneath him and use it as their own, that's what they're going to try to do. When we use taxpayers' dollars to rebuild America, we're going to do it by buying America. Buy American products. Support American jobs. The federal government spends about $600 billion a year to keep this country safe and secure. There's been a law on the books for almost a century to make sure taxpayers' dollars support American jobs and businesses. Every administration, Democrat and Republican, says they'll do it. But we're actually, we're actually doing it. We'll buy America to make sure every, everything from the deck of an aircraft carrier to the steel on highway guardrails is made in America from beginning to end. All of it. All of it. All right, that all sounds nice. 
The problem is, is that they're not going to be able to make it happen. Donald Trump did focus on that, which is why he put, and I disagreed with his policy on that front, to where he put tariffs on any type of import or export uh, from people trying to send their uh, manufacturing plants outside of the country and then importing the goods back in, and he put major tariffs on them. I disagreed with that because I kind of like the carrot approach as opposed to the stick approach. And for those that understand FDR, they know what I'm talking about on that one. I would rather incentivize businesses by cutting their taxes and cutting their regulation to incentivize them to want to stay instead of punishing them when they actually leave. I enjoy that philosophy more. The problem with this philosophy is that he's taken the Trump mindset and then he's saying, all right, instead of saying private sector, do your own thing and let's make it homegrown in America. He's saying, hey, we're going to use the government to do all the American stuff. So again, he still doesn't quite understand the concept of the American mindset with free market capitalism because he just has to get the government involved because that's just what progressives do. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Halfway through the show already. Flies right on by when you're having fun, right? we got a lot to cover. we got the State of the Union still. We have a lot to talk about there. We have a few other things I want to try and get to throughout the program as well in the last, I don't know, half hour we have on the show. So as that, we have uh, the official announcement of who's going to be running in the general election for the Texas governor's race. That's a fun one. Greg Abbott and Beto O'Rourke. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get to that in a second as well. Plus, we have some more news coming out of Russia and Ukraine, so we'll keep you posted on those issues uh, as well and try and get to that here in just a minute. I have to do it because, I mean, why not? Uh, <laughs> uh, there honestly weren't as many gaffes or stumbles as I thought there were until the end. Like I said, 46 minutes was the timer that I had on when we started seeing him power through the applause, starting to stumble a little bit more, starting to have to rephrase what he's trying to say. We It could have been easier for us if we just like read the teleprompter ourselves. See, ha! I can't take that one. I saw that joke on social media. That was not me. So I, I, I did plagiarize on that one. I apologize for that. But nonetheless, I did hear, I have to play it, though, because there was the best one of the night. And a pound of Ukrainian people, the proud, proud people, pound for pound, ready to fight with every <laughs> inch of energy they have. <laughs> I mean, it was like in the most inappropriate time as well. But a pound of Ukrainian people. The Russians are looking for a, uh, yeah. a pound of Ukrainian people. The 
proud, proud people, pound for pound, ready to fight with every inch of energy they have. Oh, man. What a mess. That is the free leader of the free world. So there is that one. Uh, but overall, he really tried to stay on cue. He really tried to stay on his uh, points and his talking points in his uh, in his teleprompter. And he did it for the best that he possibly could. But it's Joe Biden. So you get the best that you can. Right. I mean, to, stop it. I'm sorry. Stop it now. I'm sorry. All right. We'll get back to the actual talking points. He did lie, though. I And I wondered if he was going to say this. I wondered if he was actually going to make this a, a point because he doesn't have a whole lot to run on. But he actually did. And it threw me. I was surprised. But I was not surprised all at the same time. It worked. We created jobs, lots of jobs. In fact, our economy created over 6.5 million new jobs just last year. More jobs in one year than ever before in the history of the United States of America. I mean, I know they're politicians. I know that it's the government. I know that they lie, but can there not be any type of liability or lawsuits or something to uh, for lying flat out to us? Here's the thing. I created six million jobs, the largest amount of jobs ever created in history in the United States. That's not true. You cannot lay people off because of a global pandemic and say, sorry, you're not allowed to go to work. You, your essential business, your mom and pop shop, you working in the factory, you working alongside somebody else. You're not allowed to go to work. You have to stay home. You have to get on a social program. You have to get the stimulus paycheck. You have to write it out until we tell you it's safe. And then when they come back to work, be like, hey, we created new jobs. It's a complete farce and a complete lie, and I can't believe, I, I can, but I can't believe that he actually used that in his speech, and people thought it was wonderful. The Democrats absolutely loved that part. So let's talk about his economic plan, shall we? He stole the Donald Trump platform on many different issues, including, like, the pharmaceuticals. My plan to fight inflation will lower your cost and lower the deficit. 17 Nobel laureates in economics said my plan will ease long-term inflationary pressures. Top business leaders... And I believe most Americans support the plan. And here's the plan. First, cut the cost of prescription drugs. We pay more for the same drug produced by the same company in America than any other country in the world. Okay, while that may or may not be true right now, which it sort of is true, uh, we already had solved that problem when Donald Trump was in office because he had already signed that executive order to lower pharmaceutical prices, to cap it at what other nations are allowed to purchase it at. So that way it was the same here, and prices were going in the right direction. We had already done that. That's right. Donald Trump did that. <laughs> but instead, Joe Biden came in, reversed the executive order from Trump, saw the pharmaceutical prices skyrocket again, and now he's like, look, there's a crisis. We're going to lower the pharmaceutical prices. Like, you can't take the same thing that they did and then claim it to be your own and use the government to do more of it. Because now, while he said, which doesn't make any sense, and uh, uh, again, I know you're conservative. Most people that are listening to the program are Republican or conservative or at least open-minded to it, independent, libertarian, whatever you believe. Most of us have an IQ above five, which Joe Biden apparently does not. And some of the quote-unquote experts that he uses to look at his economic budgets and, and plans uh, apparently do not as well. If you spend more social money, we're going to play a little game here for a second. If you spend more money as a government, do you get rid of the deficit? Or do you increase the deficit? 
If you spend more federal money, let's take it a step further, shall we? If you spend more money through the government, do you have to raise taxes to compensate for that or do you lower taxes to compensate that? Let's do it a step further, shall we? If you spend more federal, see where I'm going with this? If you spend more federal government money, does inflation go up because we're not being backed by anything and therefore the value of the dollar is less or does it go down? I'm curious how that works because this is what he had to say regarding his economic budget plan. The point is, even they understand you should pay just a fair share. Last year, 55 of the Fortune 500 companies earned $40 billion in profit and paid zero in federal taxes. Lie, lies, Now look, lies. it's not fair. That's why I proposed the 15% minimum tax rate for corporations. We've got Thank it. And that's why in the G7 and other meetings overseas, we were able to put together, I was able to be somewhat helpful, 130 countries degree on a global minimum tax rate. So companies can't get out of paying their taxes at home by shipping jobs and factories overseas. All right, so that's one. We're going to punish them. We're going to raise the corporate taxes. Guess what? More money coming in. But he says that uh, you're not going to have to pay anymore if you're making less than $400,000, which again is a lie because then he goes right into this. We're also going to cut costs to keep the economy going strong and giving workers a fair shot, provide more training and apprenticeships, hire them based on skills, not just their degrees. Let's pass the Paycheck Fairness Act and pay leave. Raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour and extend the child tax credit so no one has to raise the family in poverty. Let's increase Pell Grants, increase our historic support for HBCUs, and invest in what Jill, our First Lady who teaches full-time, calls America's best-kept secret, community colleges. Look, let's pass the PRO Act. When a majority of workers want to form a union, they shouldn't be able to be stopped. More unions, more unions, more government control, more oversight over what you're doing. So let me get this straight. We're going to make the corporations pay their fair share, which they already are, by the way. And federal income tax, uh, the top 1% pay like 20 to 30% of all the income tax here in the country already. So thanks, but no thanks. We already know that game. It's a lie. But let me ask you again. If you spend more government money with free social handouts, uh, all the lists that I at least heard of, and at least partly, Climate change programs, free child care, free two-year schools and colleges, minimum wage increase, Medicare expansions. Uh, oh, yeah, child tax credits. Did I miss any? I'm sure I'm missing some somewhere. Oh, yeah, then the reinvestment in law enforcement, we'll get to in a second as well. All of that additional government spending, if you're spending more money through the government, does inflation go up or down? If, in, if spending goes up with the federal government, does the cost of things go up or down? If the spending of the government goes up, then does the tax rates go up or down because they need more money? I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Just doesn't make any sense. But you don't have to make sense when you're Joe Biden. You can just say whatever the hell you want to because why not? We're going to give you free goodies, which is the go-to for Democrats and progressives and socialists. We're going to go to the social programs. We're going to give, 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 give. And then... Uh, we're just going to wonder why the taxes went up. And he says, well, the inflation's not going to go, or the uh, the spending's not going to go up for people under $400,000. Your taxes won't go up. I promise you it's not going to go up. 
yet we're dealing with, as far as I know, and maybe you're doing the same thing, we're dealing with a 7.5% inflation rate right now. Uh, that would be a tax because it's costing more of your money to buy the same damn thing of what you were buying before without that 7% inflation rate. So, yeah, taxes already went up. It may not be coming out of your paycheck directly, but when you go and purchase things, it's more expensive. So what are you going to do to compensate that? You're going to give us a new stimulus check or a child tax credit or some type of government freebie that's going to make things, again, even more expensive because that's what common sense and the real world and reality actually tells us, but that's not something that you're actually about. There was one part where he tried to bring some unity between Republicans, because that's what he needed. And again, the whole message that he was trying to spread yesterday was really about, can we find unity to win over some moderate Republicans, to win to re-win over the base of the Democrats, and to re-win over some of the independents in the country that right now are showing you extremely unfavorable. And he was able to do it to a degree. Proven strategies like community violence interruption, trusted messengers breaking the cycle of violence and trauma, and giving young people some hope. We should all agree the answer is not to defund the police. It's to fund the police. Fund them. Fund them. That was about the <laughs> that was about the only part that he had. We're gonna fund the police. Okay, great, thank you. We're gonna fund that. Common sense. You at least hit the level of understanding basic common sense here and cognitive ability to understand that we need law enforcement in our cities. And the only reason you're saying that is because crime has been skyrocketing under your administration. Hate crimes have been one to two hundred percent above what they were under the Trump administration in your major cities run by Democrats like New York City, and it's looking bad upon you. So yeah, you're going. Going to fund the police now right after that he ended up screwing it all up with the whole unifying message of trying to bring people together and we'll talk about that when we come back we got one segment left we'll do that plus we have what's going on in texas what's going on with the ukraine there's a lot to cover in the last few minutes of the program so stay right here on the voice of reason the voice of reason with andy hoosier Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com.
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. And a pound of Ukrainian people, <laughs> proud, proud people, pound for pound, ready to fight with every inch of energy they have. Yeah, a pound of Ukrainian people. That'll stop the Russians. A pound of Ukrainian. Come on, man. Come on. I know it's a gaffe. I know it's a gaffe, but you have a teleprompter right in front of you. And I'm sure you've looked it over a couple of times. Like, I get it. Like, we make we make mistakes. We make flubs. I'm a radio guy. We do it all the time. I don't have a script. I have my notes, you can see, and I half the time follow it and half the time I don't. The rest of it's just whatever's coming to me and whatever feels like the right thing to say at the right time. But, man, well, I tell you what, some of the gaps, he was just powering through. He had to get done as quick as possible. He couldn't last that full hour Hour and two minutes was the entire speech last night. State of the Union, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. You can email me, network at gmail.com. Again, network. No, I in Hoosier. H-O-O-S-E-R, network at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts of the State of the Union on there. You can also leave a comment on those social media sites as well. So did Joe Biden bring the unifying message that he needed to bring. Democrats don't like him right now. Independents definitely don't like him. Republicans don't like him. So did he bring that unifying message that he needed to bring for the speech last night to get Democrats rallied, to light the fire under the Democrat Party and the DNC to bring them into a midterm election while he tried to bring a unifying message? Because that was his message at the beginning of the administration, right, just a year ago? was all about unity. You know, regardless of what Trump did, Republicans, I'm a president for everybody. We can sit down and haggle. I've always been that way. We can sit down and have a conversation. It's going to, we'll find the best way. We can move forward together. Did he do that? He tried one time in the speech. Proven strategies like community violence interruption, trusted messengers breaking the cycle of violence and trauma, and giving young people some hope. We should all agree the answer is not to defund the police. It's to fund the police. Fund them. Fund them. Fund them with resources and training. Resources and training they need to protect our communities. I asked Democrats. Okay, so let's stop right there for a second. Let's fund the police. Let's get them the resources. Let's get them the training. All right, you know what? That's a unifying message we can all get behind. It's a bunch of crap because your party's been fighting against that the entire time. But let's take it at face value at this moment, shall we? And let's say, you know what? Let's put the past behind us. Let's get together and let's make something done productive, right? I mean, if if we want to step away from that and actually say, okay, fine, let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya for a second. Let's go ahead and do that until... The very next phrase. To Republicans alike, to pass my budget and keep our neighborhoods safe. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait. So, again, your budget. 
That's the expansion of social programs. That's the free child health care, or the free child care, the two-year college, the climate change initiative, the Medicare expansion, the minimum wage increase. All the social programs, the socialism that you're trying to ram through. Let's get together and find one unifying factor of funding police, and that's you have to pass the entire budget, and you get that while we get everything else here. But then he takes it a step further. During this unifying moment, the whole he's winning people over. Republicans even stood and applauded with him to fund the police and to actually get proper training and resources for law enforcement. They stood. We're working together. We built up the crescendo until... And we'll do everything in my power to crack down on gun trafficking, ghost guns that you can buy online, assemble at home, no serial numbers, can't be traced. I ask Congress to pass proven measures to reduce gun violence, pass universal background checks. Why should anyone on the terrorist list be able to purchase a weapon? Why? (laughs) That doesn't happen. And if it does, it's because the oversight that are in the red tape is already there and it just failed because government's completely inefficient, completely beside the point right now, though. He had a unifying moment of let's fund the police, get them the proper training, get them the proper resources. And then he ran with it and said, if you pass my budget that is full of a bunch of socialist crap in there, then you can get your law enforcement. And oh, by the way, the same budget that I'm trying to tell you Republicans that just stood up for me to support momentarily the same time. Now we're going to say, oh, by the way, we're going to get rid of firearms because, well, they're really scary. And the ghost guns where you don't know them and can't register them and terrorists on gun lists. What are you talking about? Terrorists getting firearms. What are you talking about, dude? Why? Folks. Ban assault weapons with high capacity magazines hold up 100 rounds. You think the deer are wearing Kevlar vests? Yeah, there it is. Because, again, he thinks the Second Amendment's all about just hunting. There it is. His unifying moment completely decimated. And, oh, by the way, that whole election in Texas, good luck with Beto O'Rourke while he tries to take away your guns. Hell, yes, I'm going to take away your AR-15. Well, good luck with that in the state of Texas when you're running against Greg Abbott. That's not going to fly very well for you. Can you get momentum? Probably not. We're out of time, my friends. Back at it tomorrow. We have two great guests on the program tomorrow, so stay tuned in. Until then, this is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality hear entertainment shows and of course yours truly with the voice of reason plus we offer numerous media services including helping you set up your own podcast become your own voice of reason and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic for information on all of our shows links to podcasts each show website or social media link or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment visit our website at hoosiermedia.com again that's hoosiermedia.com the future of media